I'm Lieutenant Pat Doring, Crisis Negotiator from WhatCopsWatch.com. And you're listening to the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Becoming a cop, especially today, isn't easy. Learning how to become one, even more difficult. I'm Officer Tommy Model, and I've been a cop for a decade plus. Grab a warm cup of coffee, open your mind, and take in my free field training. So why, even though I use 9mm when I'm off duty, I use 357 when I'm off duty, I use 45 ACP for select things, 44 mag when I'm off in the woods, why when I have so many options available to me and I like so many different types of guns, different calibers, different equipment, why would I pick 40 caliber, my Glock 35, when I'm out on the street? And why is the Glock 22, 40 caliber, and the Glock 27, such a common combo for cops to carry as a primary gun and as a backup and off-duty gun. Well, I'll tell you, when it comes straight down to it, it comes down to policy. Like so many things in police work, policy kind of dictates what guys use. Where the average everyday shooting public gets to decide what type of gun and what type of ammo they use and tailor it to themselves, your average police officer doesn't. If we're lucky, we get to buy our own guns and we get told you can have 9, 40, or 45 and this is the type of ammo that we have. Well, that's all really well and good if you're using federal HSTs, you're using Corbon or something really nice, then any of those guns is a good option, any of those ammos is a good option, it's not really a big deal. But if you're stuck with something like a non-bonded federal Hydroshock, like a lot of people are in my area, it's the most common rounds are your non-bonded legacy ammunition or traditional personal defense ammunition or just jacketed hollow points with no mention of bonding. The problem here is that we learned a long time ago that the duty rounds that are most often issued in this type of ammunition, the 147 grain plus P, doesn't have really good street performance and has a tendency to cause problems with people qualifying. Let me explain. If you look back at the numbers for when semi-autos became a big thing and hollow point bullets became a big thing, you'll realize that we had a lot of failures to stop with 9mm, which was odd because you didn't have those same failures to stop with 357. Now, you could argue back and forth about why that was, whether it's more of the psychological effect of having a higher capacity magazine and more ammunition available and people stress firing and just blasting off a whole bunch of rounds and not really hitting anything, or if there were actually failures to stop. I've seen examples of both of those over the years, so I'm not really inclined to take a position on it. But what I can tell you is that when you look at it scientifically, you look at gel testing about the traditional cup and core ammunition, what you'll find is that the 147 grain plus P's that so many places are issuing as duty ammo in 9mm aren't great street performers. Can they do the job? Sure they can. Do they do it as well when metal hits the meat as 45 ACP does or 40 caliber does in those same calibers? No, they don't because the ammunition is still dependent upon weight and penetration. And when you have a cup and core ammo, basically what you have is a copper jacket with lead in the middle of it. And what happens is when it hits, the copper jacket starts to peel back. And if this isn't bonded to the lead core, the ammunition comes apart. So you get very inconsistent penetration, very inconsistent expansion, very inconsistent damage done. You get very inconsistent performance. I've even seen cases on the street of 
9 millimeter ammo, the old Federal Hydroshocks, hitting heavy, heavy layers of coats, and it's stripping the copper jacket off, and just a little bit of lead core manages to make it through, and you're basically creating the same type of wound that you'd get from like a 25 ACP or a 22 going through the person, and that's not ideal. So the solution for that back when ammunition for duty weapons for semi-autos was kind of a new thing, was to up the size of the ammunition. Guys went to 45 ACP. And then you could go back and forth about exactly what the vintage of 40 Smith & Wesson was or whether it was a good idea. We should have stuck with 10 millimeter. We shouldn't have stuck with 10 millimeter because it had to be lighted loader anyway and all of that. But what we came out with was that with cup and core ammunition, 40 caliber worked a little better on the street than 147 grain 9 millimeter did. Now you fast forward to today and we have much better rounds. We have bonded rounds, we have 124 grain 9mm which has become very good. We've got 185 and 230 grain 45 ACP that has very, very good street performance. We've got awesome 357 loads that are meant for short barrels. We've got ammunition specifically tailored for short barrels and clocks and things like that. But unfortunately that's not what a lot of agencies are using. What they're using is the old standby Federal Hydroshock or something similar to that. I can't tell you how many police departments are still using your old legacy ammo. And in fact, that's why that ammo is still made. It's primarily for that law enforcement market that still agency administrators are still stuck on. This is the stuff that I use when I work there. It worked just fine for us, so we're going to continue using it. So when guys are given the option of 9, 40, and 45 and a cup and core ammo and they know about the history of the rounds and they know about the street performance numbers and they talk to people who have been out and doing it, they tend to pick 40 caliber because it's a good compromise. And it's not a bad compromise to make if you're limited to that ammunition. In this specific case, if you have a Glock 22 and you're going to have a backup gun, you want them to be able to change out magazines, use the same magazines from them, you can use the magazines from your primary pistol in the Glock 27 and it works just fine. Now with cup and core ammo oftentimes in a short barrel you won't get the reliable expansion and penetration that you would from a bonded ammo or an ammo that's made specifically for the short barrel so if you're going to use those same ammunitions it makes sense to use the heavier weight ammunition. If you shoot 147 grain plus P plus 9mm, it's old cup and core design technology out of a Glock 26 9mm, you're not going to get very good performance out of it. You can check any of the gel tests that independent companies have done, just google it up, YouTube it up, and you'll see weird, strange things that handgun rounds do when you put them in ballistics gel and they're not bonded when they're not modern ammunitions. Now some guys bypass this entirely and they go to 45 ACP, which isn't a bad option too, but if you want the maximum capacity that you can with an ammunition that you're pretty sure will get the job done, whether it expands or not, 40 caliber isn't a bad choice for most guys to make and that's why a lot of guys who can make the individual choice of what caliber to use as police officers end up using that. It's not because they actually think 40 caliber is better, but it's the best option that they have given the policy that they have to work inside of. Got to step out and pay the bills here at Free Field Training. Don't go anywhere. I'll be back in a second. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From the voice box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. 
Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Everyone knows what identity theft is, right? Well, maybe not. Learn more by listening at scammercast.com. The Two Guys Talking Podcast Bug, a truly original autonomous mobile recording solution. Get bit by the podcast bug www.podcastbug.com I'm Mike Wilkerson from PulledPorkPodcast.com and you're listening to the Free Field Training Podcast. Another issue that I don't see brought up a lot online, whether it's in forums or here in YouTube, but I hear more on the street from actual people who are out doing the job, is that the big push toward 9mm has caused some problems with people actually being as proficient as they think that they are. Especially at police departments, the ammunition that we're going to issue for training is going to be pretty much the cheapest ammunition that we can get to train people with. Because when you've got a couple hundred officers or several thousand officers and they all need to fire X number of rounds, you want to be able to cut down the cost on those rounds in small amounts. Half a penny makes a big deal when you're buying 20, 30,000 rounds a year for an agency. Even more when you get start getting into the hundreds of thousands of rounds, millions of rounds for large agencies, they're going to buy the cheapest bullets that they can, the cheapest ammunition that they can to let their people practice with. So what you get is you get somebody that buys a 9mm and they go out and practice with it and then when it comes time to shoot once a year, we normally shoot duty ammo, pop off the duty ammo rounds and somebody that has no problem qualifying with 115 grain standard pressure shockingly can't control the recoil of the 147 grain or 124 grain plus piece that's their duty ammo and so they don't qualify the first time. Now what does this mean for us on the street? It means that we're not as proficient with the guns that we're using as we think we are because we're using inadequate training methods to train a particular part of the job. Now I've said for a long time dry fire is a great way to learn how to become really good with your firearm, but it doesn't teach you recoil control. Recoil control has to be taught by actually shooting the gun with the ammunition that you're going to be using on the street or something that's close to that ammunition you're going to be using on the street. Now while most agencies will buy the cheapest 9mm, cheapest 40 and cheapest 45 they can get, with 9mm the cheapest is 115 grain standard pressure that's nowhere near 147 grain plus B plus. The 40 caliber, as long as the weights are somewhere nearby, your recoil is going to be about the same. And with 45 ACP, even if the agency issues plus P rounds, the recoil is going to be about the same, especially if they're using 185s as their duty ammo and they're using 185 grain, the cheapest stuff that they can get, ball ammo on the range. It's going to be somewhere nearby. With 9mm, we see this biggest disparity between recoil for training ammo and recoil for duty ammo, and that's where we have the most problems with people qualifying when they're out there. So that's kind of why a lot of guys in law enforcement carry 40 caliber. That's why we steer a lot of people toward 40 caliber when they're first coming on the job if the ammunition isn't tailored to 9mm like it is for everybody else. 
Frankly, I wish I could pick my own duty ammo. That would make it a lot easier on me because then I could use whatever I wanted and I could pick, you know, if I wanted to shoot 10 millimeter or 357 SIG or whatever, I'd be able to do that. But policy being what it is and economics being what it is, we're kind of stuck with the hand that we're dealt and that's why cops use 40. I really have no interest in arguing with anybody about caliber wars anymore, but this is a question that I get an awful lot and I figured this would be the easiest format in order to tell people about it. So if you like this type of content, the message it sends about law enforcement, or if it explains to you things that you didn't quite understand about police work that you find interesting, please go check out the Patreon page. We've got lots of ideas for podcasts, but we always need more, and we love hearing what the audience would love to hear about. Head on over to freefieldtrainingpodcast.com and tell me what questions you have, and we'll make another episode about it. Click on contact, fill out the quick web form, and let's make some more free field training.